this is your one precious life and you want to do the best you can to make it as, as, as unpainful as possible. This is the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now I'm proud to say that I support my family just for my online piano course. Today on the show, I was joined by Carla Sondheim, who teaches an online art course. In fact, she's got lots, she's got dozens and dozens of online art courses, and it was truly a pleasure to get to sit down with her and talk with her about how she's done everything. She's been doing this since 2010, so seven years now, longer than I've been doing it. She's just got a whole catalog of online courses related to art. Some very interesting things we talked about. First of all, she actually outsources like 90% of her online courses. So we talked about how she's able to do that. She actually flies people into her studio to record the courses. She talked about how she initially resisted putting together really, really high quality videos for her online courses and now she completely embraces it. And she also talked about how she used her first course to actually promote her books. That was her motivation in, in putting together her very first course in 2010. But now today in 2017, the books are one of the main driving traffic drivers to her online courses. So it kind of flipped there. So like I said, this was a really cool interview. And so let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump over to that now. Hi Carla, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure, so why don't we start this way. Can, can you take me back to when you first had the idea for your first online course? Yes, um, I actually had a book coming out in a couple of months. Um, it was my first book and I was going to a big art retreat that I had taught at a lot before. And I thought, oh, if I do an online class, which was kind of becoming the hot thing, <laughs> um, maybe people will want to buy my book. So the, uh, the online class actually was a marketing uh, ploy to get people interested in, in my book. <laughs> um, it kind of worked. I got, I think, maybe three or 400 students for that first online class, which was called The Art of Silliness. And, um, and that, those people uh, then knew that my book was coming out soon and, and bought it. And, um, and then the book has done well since then. So the online class, I feel like, kind of launched my book. <laughs> and now the books are sort of uh, less of my job and the online classes are, are pretty much all of my job. What, and what time frame was this when you came out with your first online course? This was 2010. And at the time it was a PDF based class. There was no video. Um, and the idea was drawing worksheets for adults. Um, but they had the look and feel of a worksheet you might get when you were in third grade. So um, it's a, it was a way to sort of tap into that child part of you that wasn't afraid to draw. And, um, and so it was all PDFs and then sharing on Flickr at the time. Wow. I, you know, I feel like online courses have really exploded in the past maybe three or four years. Mm -hmm. And we're talking seven years ago. So I've, I think you were really ahead of the curve. Now, let me ask you this because you know, my background was piano and I took that online. One of the biggest things I struggled with was marketing in general. Like I knew how to play the piano and teach piano, but how do you market a course on that? And it's very interesting that 
you you wanted to market your book and therefore you you had an online course i don't i don't understand how marketing an online course is easier than marketing a book well i think um it probably isn't i just it was it was just that i had this retreat that i was going to with a sort of a captive audience of 500 people <laughs> not that all of them you know heard about the class but i brought all these flyers to this workshop uh, and I think the organizer put them in to their packets. Uh, I can't remember, but that's, that's what I'm, so, so if I had just marketed the book, um, I think that would have been okay, but I think online classes were just starting to become sort of a thing. And I, I would say I was sort of the second wave, <laughs> like some people had already been doing it for like six months and I felt kind of behind the game already. Um, and so I just thought maybe an online class that was pretty inexpensive compared to what other online classes were. It was $25 for 30 days, every, one every day. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it just, right, right thing, right time. <laughs> so you must have had uh, a pretty substantial audience when you came out with your first course, because you mentioned what, 400 people or something like that. You know, when I, when I first came out with my course, the first round was like three sales, you know? So yeah. I, I'm guessing you've been, you were doing, you were teaching for a long time. You had a big audience and then you came out with the course. Is that fair? Yeah. I don't know if I remember exactly what my newsletter list was at that time, but I, I'm going to guess maybe three or 4,000 people. And I had probably been building that list um, as a sort of a free, uh, you know, a working artist. I was doing craft share shows and trying to get into galleries and things for about seven years, six or seven years. Um, by that point. So it had been a slow growing list. Also, I was teaching a lot of live workshops. Um, and that those were, I would say those were the main people on the list were my teaching, um, my teaching people. So when you when you when you had your online course ready, your first one, you had a list of three to 4000 people, and you, you sent an email out to them and 400 people bought your course. Roughly. That's, that's, those are incredible numbers. I just, that's, that's absolutely incredible. 300 the first time. And then I did another one. And then those were, I did, I actually ran the class in five different versions over the next year and a half. And the first one was um, 300. And then the second two were five and 600. And then it went down from there. So I, I sort of peaked at the 600 with that class. Those are incredible numbers. So, you know, looking at your website today and you go to the online classes or online courses tab, you've got a lot, a lot of offerings, right? Yes. So, yes. so what's happened since that first online course you made to today where you have a, a, just a, a whole library of offerings? Well, um, about a year and a half in, my husband is a commercial photographer and he, um, and I asked him if he would I, you know, I had an idea for some classes that, and I wanted him to just set up an overhead camera for me so that I could do video like everybody was doing. And um, Steve being what, who he is, just wasn't going to do that. And so he, he probably in some ways overproduced these first lessons uh, with the whole set and two cameras and, and just doing it right. And um, I remember more than one time I was frustrated because I'm like, I just want an overhead camera. I just, you know, <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, that's really what launched us is because of his aesthetic and his kind of um, 
well, quality control in terms of the videos and making sure the audio was good and everything. So from there, um, we got started to get the reputation in 2011, 12, 13 of having good, the better quality videos. Like compared to our competitors, we had better quality videos and that's because of Steve. Um, and of course I was on board once I realized that it, that it was worth it. Um, and then from there, um, we started bringing on new teachers in at the rate of maybe two to three a year. So at, the, at this time we have maybe about 10 teachers that are partnering with us and we, they fly here and we produce all their videos. So um, it's not a situation where we're hosting people on their own videos. They, it's, it's a true partnership. That's the other big thing I noticed by looking at your library of offerings is that you are the teacher on actually very few of them, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've got all these other people that are teaching these art classes. What, um, first of all, what was your motivation for wanting to have other people teach the classes? I think we, well, I was getting pressure from Steve uh, to come up with more classes. And I was finding that I really could only sort of as a, a working artist and a creative come up with maybe two unique classes a year. Like I was having a hard time um, really doing much more than that because, you know, it takes time to develop something that is worth teaching and it, you have to do it a long time too, to, to make sure that it works. And, um, and so anyway, I, w I was, the business was going well enough that we saw potential, but I wasn't able to keep up with the content. <laughs> Um, and mostly because I just, I do have a kind of a high expectation for myself of what a class is. And it's not just me, you know, the video being on me, watching me do my little thing. I mean, it, there's a, a beginning, middle and end, and there's, you know, technique work in there. Plus, you know, the, I mean, it has to, in, in my mind, a good class has to, um, kind of hang together from start to finish. And I just wasn't able to do that more than twice a year um, without bringing in new teachers. Um, also the new teachers brought in more people. And so like our newsletter list um, is now at 30,000-ish um, instead of the three or four that I started with. And I think that the teachers have a lot to do with that because they're bringing their people and also we seem bigger or we are bigger because we have these other teachers. How do you find these teachers? Well, mostly it's from my past content, contacts of teaching live, like um, our first two teachers that we had, um, Diane Colhane and Lynn Whipple. Well, Lynn was like the third or fourth, but she's one of the main that are still here. Um, both of those people I had taken workshops um, with in the same venues that I was teaching at. So. Um, it's most, it's kind of like who I know. Um, I, I have to say that it's kind of hard to find teachers that, that fit with our unique, um, with, with my, my, whatever, <laughs> my, <laughs> uh, my needs. I have to love their artwork. They have to have a teacher's heart. Um, and then of course, this is silly, but they have to be able to work with us. Like we have to get along um, and, and it has to be a good fit in that way. Um, and I have kind of a, a soft marketing style that has worked really well. Um, and some teachers maybe find that it's too soft for them. And so it might not be a good fit in that way. Um, but 
um, anyway, it's, it's hard to find teachers, to, to be honest. And so that's why we only add one or two a year. There's nothing wrong with being picky. I can tell from looking at uh, your, your website and your video quality, and even right now, the backdrop behind you and the lighting and everything, I can tell you like things done the right way, and that's awesome. Thank and you. So, that's... <laughs> and so for people that uh, you know, are interested in making online courses, typically those are the same types of people that enjoy you know, passive income and automation and things like that. And so I think the topic of finding other people to help you teach courses is, is very interesting. And, and one question I have on that topic, and you seem to have done this a lot is, okay, so if, if I'm looking to do that, if I want, let's say I want to offer a harmonica course, right? And, I, and I'm not an expert in harmonica. I go find somebody that's a good fit. Do I need to pay them to one time to produce, to make this course for me and teach on camera? Or do they get a percentage of the sales? What do you recommend? Well, we Having, I've been sort of a working artist and we were definitely a poor working artist for a long, long time. Now we're sort of in the black working artist, but <laughs> we've been in the red working artists. And so when we started this, we wanted to teach or pay our teachers fairly. And so they get a percentage of sales. It's a pretty large percentage and they also get an advance against royalties. So somebody might come on a Monday we fill the next two and a half days and they leave with a thousand dollar check and they have that money whether the class sells enough or not. Um, then after that, depending on how many classes sell, they get, um, it's like a, a publishing company, a book publishing company in that they, every time a class sells, they're getting a percentage. Okay, very cool. Now you mentioned something a little while ago, you talked about how you have a soft marketing approach. Mm -hmm. so, so what what does that look like and why do you consider it soft? Well, I, hate it when I um, sign up for a newsletter um, and I start getting newsletters, you know, emails every single day, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Um, I, I hate it when it, I, <laughs> I'm using that word hate, it's pretty strong, but I guess that is me. I, I don't like it when some of my uh, other artists, you know, weave in that they're doing online classes in every single comment that they make online or in every single thing. I don't like it when I, I can just tell that, that people are trying to sell to me when in situations that aren't really appropriate, such as maybe, um, you know, the forum for an, on, an online class, or maybe I'm just in a mixed media, um, you know, forum on Facebook and everybody loves mixed media, it, it would just be to me rude and odd to, to just keep, keep mentioning that I do these online classes and here's my link, here's my link, here's my link. Um, we, I, I do use social media, Facebook mostly. Um, I have a blog which I um, use as a marketing tool and our newsletter list. And I try to send out two to three newsletters a month. Um, once it gets more than that, I start to get upset with, you know, I don't want to. Um, so it, it, I do feel that in some ways we're leaving money on the table, but it's, it's a, a way of marketing that works for me. I, I try not, I, I really want people to want to be in our classes and to, I don't want to trick anybody or, or annoy anybody to sign up for my newsletter list. I want them to want to be there. And, and usually, really the newsletter list is our main marketing tool. I send out a newsletter with a new class offering and that's when we get most of our signups. Okay, very good. So a lot of what you're talking about now is kind of in the middle of the funnel. 
So what I'm curious about next is how do you get people into the top of the funnel, right? How are people finding you? I do believe that my books um, are doing that job pretty well. The first book that I mentioned in 2010 has sold, well, I think it sold 70,000 copies in the US or in the English speaking market. And then it sold maybe another 30,000 in translations. And so I really believe that, um, and then I have two books plus one that I co-wrote with my husband. So three more books are out there that have the carlasonheim.com website. So I do feel that I'm getting a lot of traffic that way. I know that if you, um, we're getting a lot of traffic just from Google searches now, um, especially we do a free kids art camp every week, every summer. And that brings a lot of people in surprisingly. And especially the way I teach and the way most of my teachers teach the idea is that art is really approachable. It doesn't have to be just a serious, <laughs> hard practice you have to practice or, you know, it's not like that at all. So the, the kids um, art week um, is not only fun, kind of like the funnest thing I get to do every year, but it also does um, help bring people to our site. And a lot of parents are, are sort of frustrated creatives. And so we often end up getting them um, on board for their own online classes. You said something that I think is, is very interesting. When I, when I first asked you at the beginning of this conversation about your, your original online course in 2010, you said that your main motivation for making it was to get more people to buy your book. Yeah. And what you just said is that the main way people find your online courses now today is because they first got your book. I think so. It's the other way around. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very fortunate. <laughs> um, the book has done way better than, than anybody, you know, than I thought it would. would. And what's great about that is, um, I think it was a surprise to the publisher and it was a surprise to me, but it, it hit a lot of different areas. It hit teachers who wanted ideas for their students. It hit parents that wanted ideas for their kids. It hit beginners who were afraid of, um, afraid to draw and my style is sort of cartoony and, and whimsical and so it was more approachable and then surprisingly it, it also hit seasoned artists who are very very skilled but who have lost their joy of drawing and so uh, I, I get reports that um, the drawing lab book and the other books are helping them like enjoy drawing again so I have this wonderful <laughs> I lucked into this wonderful um, you know product or, or whatever, where I can, I can hit a lot of different angles. So one of the, one of the biggest pieces of advice I have to people who maybe are just starting out thinking about taking whatever hobby or passion they have and turning it into an online course is that you've got to differentiate yourself in some way. You've got to have some sort of hook. You have to have some sort of way, uh, reason for people to go with you instead of the other options out there. Because you know, we're in 2017 now, there's probably a course, something out there already on whatever your topic is. Right. So I could only imagine there's probably other online art courses out there. Yes. What is, what is, what makes you different and what makes people want to take your courses versus other options out there? Um, that it's a little hard to answer because, um, I ju I'm go just going kind of going on what the little bit of feedback we, I mean, we get a lot of feedback, um, but here's what I think it is. I, I do think the quality of our videos and the fact that people can see the artist and uh, there's a beautiful overhead shot and there's a third camera with detail shots. And my husband 
who is a professional photographer by trade and has since learned the video part of it, is a very, very good <laughs> editor. They're just easy. They're easy to look at, they're easy to listen to, and they're, they're high quality. I think that's one reason. Another reason I think is um, I, don't, I don't take myself so seriously as an artist. Um, I'm a dabbler, I, I like what I do, but I have no, um, I, I, really, I really feel that, that drawing and being creative and you know, mixed media, for me, it's just kind of saved my life emotionally. And that's like the main, um, that's our main mission, I guess, is, is to get people to be gentle with themselves about drawing. Um, if, if they don't want to draw, they, you know, it can, anything can be, function the same way. But if you're having some sort of thing like, oh, I really wish I could draw, I want to draw, I want to draw. I want you to be able to draw without shame and without beating yourself up. Because um, I'm the kind of drawing teacher where, somebody will say, well, I want to draw better. And usually that means they want to draw realistically. And I'm, the, I'm pretty much the kind of drawing teacher that would say, well, let's talk about what, if you really do want to draw realistically. <laughs> like, what is it that makes you think that that's what you want? Is it a true, um, a true thing that you want to just be able to draw a realistic, photorealistic portrait of your child? Or is it because that's what you think everybody has told you that's the only way that you should draw. And so I, I love to draw from life and I, I draw realistically very pretty well, but, um, and I encourage students to do that, but only if it is truly in line with their interest and their passion and or if, if it's to supplement what they're doing in, in other ways. Meaning um, I think that if you draw from life, you draw real people or real animals or, or photographs even, it helps your stylized work. So I will always encourage drawing from life for that reason, but I never would say, you know, you need to draw for a year and, and, and get your skills, practice, 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 even if you hate it, <laughs> um, and, get, and get your skills up before you draw a cartoon character. I'm, I'm not very patient with the, um, you have to learn the rules to break them. Saying, I kind of feel like, why can't you do both? Why can't you both learn the rules and break the rules at the same time and have fun in the process. So seven years ago, when you, when you first had the idea for your online course, what, is there anything you would have done differently as far as online courses go back then? Looking back and knowing what you know today. Um, well, I feel like I did a lot of things right. Um, in that, um, I was very much in the forums commenting on everybody's artwork. Like I, I just considered that part of my job, you know, it's sort of like I'm making the big bucks. So I need to sit here at the computer and, and, and validate every single person that takes the time to post their artwork. Um, it's an enjoyable thing for me too. It made me laugh out loud lots of times. <laughs> I'm not in a, I mean, just because it was called the art of silliness. So people were being very silly and, and lots of humor. Um, and there was writing involved and it was more like a creativity class. Um, so I think I did, that was a, something I did right. Um, I, I don't know, the whole thing has been just a learning process and growing slowly. You know, we started out with PDF based only and then we did the video with my husband, but even his style has morphed and changed over the last years. So. I don't know that I would do much differently. You just have to learn by doing. 
and I feel that's the same with drawing too and, and any kind of artwork. You, you learn by doing, you learn what you like and don't like, you learn what kind of works or what um, feels right to you. Um, and you try not to second guess yourself too much. <laughs> that's, I don't know if I've answered your question, but um, I'm not saying that we did everything right. I mean, there's lots of things like, uh, we've had failures, like we tried to do a, a summer camp where we had six different teachers and thankfully it didn't lose money, but it also didn't make us any money. And so we, we rethought that and, um, you know, there's, there's different things that, that we've sort of self-corrected as, as we've moved through. But um, I can't honestly say that there was any huge mistake or, or this huge feeling that I should have done something differently. I mean, we, we were sort of navigating new territory and as online classes. And I just, I kind of just tried to do online classes the way I would want them, you know, shorter videos, more time in the studio. I, I really, I don't like to watch people fussing around looking for their scissors. <laughs> so my husband cuts, you know, Steve cuts that all out. Um, and, and that, I, I know that's kind of vague, but it, no, it really that's, is. <laughs> that's great that you don't have any regrets. I mean, that's amazing. And it sounds like you've done almost everything the right way. You know, for me, I, I wish I would have started my email list sooner. When mm. you came out with your first online course, you had 4,000 people that you could let know about it. That's incredible. So, you know, kudos to you. And um, it seems like I said earlier, it seems like you're doing a lot right. So um, next, I want to ask you about technology because I think the, the, the thing that people uh, like us struggle with most when we're getting into this type of stuff, I think is marketing. And then secondly, I would say is more like the tech part, like, okay, where do we host our videos? How do we have a password protected site to where people, not everybody has access to it because you have to pay me for it to get access to it. So what kind of technology are you using and do you recommend for people to, to have an online course? Well, we are in the process, really these last three, three months and the next two months of of moving our classes sort of onto our website with the Sensei program so that people can go to my site uh, or go to our site, uh, type in their password and then have access to all their classes all at once. So that's in process and hopefully it'll be done January 1st. That's our goal. So but Sensei, that's a, a Woo product. Is that what you're talking about? I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's some kind of product that goes with WordPress. Um, right. So that's the same, the same people that make WooCommerce, which is a very popular uh, software pl WordPress plugin to buy things on your website. They make a e-learning uh, plugin as well called Sensei. So that must be what you're talking about. That is, that's what we're doing. Um, we're a little nervous because for seven years we've been doing it a different way, but um, the, the different way we've been doing it, which is sort of jerry-rigged, but it has worked is um, at the time I couldn't, find a way to get a password protected uh, blog on my WordPress blog. So I opened a TypePad account. And so right now all of our online class content lives on our TypePad account, which I think I have maybe 60 different blogs there now, but they're all hidden and they're all password protected. And that's where the videos um, live. Vimeo is our um, host. Uh, we do pay the business, um, fee per year because it, it is, it makes the uploading faster and it's just, I don't know, that's what we do. We pay the, we pay the fee. Um, and then we have a closed Facebook group for our forums. And the reason I went with, well, I started out with Flickr and then moved to Facebook. The reason I'm in Facebook now is people are, are just there anyway. 
And so it was kind of a big marketing tool to have, uh, I think, the forum in the place where people were anyway, so that they might share that they might share that they're working on this art project and they can link it right back to me, which my page has marketing stuff on it. So, <laughs> so, um, so we have this weird hybrid where we sell things on carlasonheim.com. We do the classes by email and, and Vimeo. So like every time a lesson comes up, I'll send them a constant contact email. That's our um, email our autoresponder. Email. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And then they have to go to TypePad in order to, um, to see everything. Okay. So you've got yourself and your husband, Steve, obviously very integrated into the business. Is there anybody else that, that works with you guys on the business? We've had um, assistants kind of come and go in various capacities. And most of the time we've found that it's, it's, it's kind of like we've never felt like we could afford a full-time person. And, um, but to have part-time help doesn't really work because we're having things that are coming in all day long, you know, emails I have to respond to or whatever. And every time we've tried a part-time person, uh, they're gone for four days. And when they come back, you know, I've already had to do it the previous four days and it's, it's not working. So that's where we are right now is a lot of part-time work. Um, I have, uh, you know, but basically Steve and I are doing it all. And that's one impetus behind the website redesign too, is so that perhaps my administrative work will go down a little bit. Cause right now it, I manually log people into the classes one by one. <laughs> Sounds like you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, our main product I just wanted to say is our 365 online class. You had mentioned earlier that I don't teach that many classes. It is true in the sense that like, if you look at our lineup, I, mine are only maybe 10 or maybe 20, 15 to 20% of what you see. But my classes, my main classes are year long class or, or the class that is, goes on all year long. And this year it's 365 where we're doing a video, a creative video every single day. So um, it, in order to sort of get with me, you would take the year long class, which only shows as one button up there, but it really is a, a meatier and, and longer class. So the, the teachers mostly do between two and five week classes and then I have um, a lot of older classes and then my year long, so. Okay. Carla, what advice do you have for somebody that wants to do something like you did and, and take whatever their hobby is or whatever they're passionate about and turn it into an online course or online courses? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think this is sort of how I run my life. If I'm having this, this nudge, this, you know, persistent nudge to do online classes, or if, if one of your listeners <laughs> is feeling that way, then definitely move forward. I mean, but, but try to think in your heart, you know, are you doing it because you think you're going to get rich or that it's the next big thing and that you're, it's expected of you, or is it just something that your body <laughs> or your, your subconscious is like nudging you to do? And, and in that case, I would say, move forward. Um, I also would say, be sure that you have a teacher's heart that you love to teach. Um, I love art and I love to teach. I, I didn't know that I was, that I love to teach until I started teaching, um, well, first kids and then adults. Um, and I realized that it's pretty much an equal passion of mine. And, and so I would, I would say, you know, ask yourself if that's something you really love to do because you are going to be, um, 
I mean, the online format doesn't get too deep. It's sort of like skating on the surface, but you do need to, to be able to, um, you know, talk people off the ledge, you know? I mean, I've called, I've had somebody call me from England and I've talked to her on the, on the phone because she was having such a hard time feeling, you know, I mean, that doesn't happen often, but do you have a teacher's heart? Ask yourself that question. Um, and then as far as the, uh, the mechanics of it, I would say really maybe not necessarily take the advice of this person or that person or, you know, one guru or, or, or you know, even, Jacques Hopkins, <laughs> but um, pick and choose everything that you he hear and feel and, and make sure that it, it runs through your filters so that you're presenting online classes that feel good to you um, and that are authentic to you. I think that's, I think that's amazing advice and I think it's good reminders for, for myself even. So I, you know, this has been, been incredible. I think you're doing amazing things just from what I've seen in, in the brief amount of time that I've seen your stuff online and, and interacted with you. I appreciate you, you talking with me for, the, for this time about your, your online courses and your experience. Uh, so why don't we wrap up by you just tell us, you know, all the places that people can find you online if there's anything else that you want to share with my audience about, about your experience and online courses. Okay, well, um, we started out, uh, carlasonheim.com is my name and um, that's, so it's www.carlasonline.com. Um, I, everything is under that. So if you Facebook, I'm, it's my name, it's my name, it's my name. Um, you asked if we had a, um, if I had something I might've done differently. I don't know that I would have done that differently. If we'd come up with a catchy name <laughs> earlier, it might've been uh, different, but at, at the moment, the branding is my name. And so we're kind of, we're kind of living with it. <laughs> um, so that's all, that's all people need to know is my, is my name. And um, I don't know, we're, take, take risks a little bit. I mean, it is, it, money is important. And believe me, I've been in a situation where we did not have any, and I like money. So um, I really am enjoying making more money, but I'm also, we're also kind of moving the business. We're, we're, we're wanting to do more of creative content ourselves rather than, necessarily produce other people's creative content. And that's what the 365 class is all about. And it's scary. It's a risk. <laughs> it's like, okay, we might not make as much money or we might not do this, but it's, it's that thing that's, that's calling us. And um, I would just say that weigh other things in besides just what's going to make the most money. Cause you know, this is your one precious life and you want to do the best you can to make it as, 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 unpainful as possible. <laughs> well, like I said, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you later, hopefully, Carla. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you again to Carla. And thank you for everybody out there listening to another episode of the Online Course Guy podcast. If you want to start your own online course, kind of like Carla back in 2010, I've got a great resource for you over at the Online Course Guy Com. I've got my free quick start guide on the eight steps of taking your hobby or passion and turning that into a profitable online course. We will see you next week. Once again, head over to theonlinecourseguide.com to get your free quick start guide.